Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 118. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the Kanye West to my Joe Rogan, Tom Smiley. And we're here to talk about Legacy. I wasn't sure which one I was. You t- <laughs> when, when, never mind. I'm not going to say this. Because <laughs> there's already been so much stuff going on with the, with the judge program. We don't want to bring any, any of this stuff into this cast. Bro, I mean, I'm, I'm Toe Rogan, obviously. Well, I, well you, I asked which one I was. And when you made that comment, I was like, I don't know. That could be Joe Rogan. Yeah. I, I would rather be Kanye, I think. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's all good. Well, bro, the, uh, the superstar, actually, that's Lupe. That's not Kanye. The, what is it? Wait, who was it? I'm trying to think of a, uh, a segue here. No, wait, that wasn't really Kanye? Superstar? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Let's just, let's rewind for a second. Okay. That picture was Joe Rogan and Kanye, right? It was, correct. Okay, okay, okay. Correct. (laughs) I uh, wanted to thank our buddy Kramer, who heard our discussion about the Legends cards that I was missing, and went and found a Near Mint Eureka on eBay. Because that's what he does, bro. I don't know. Have you ever met Kramer? Yeah, um, I I met him one time, I believe. Okay. And uh, and he was just awesome. I think it was at a Leaving a Legacy event. If I if I yeah, don't. I actually I know what you're talking about now. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. He's uh he's a good dude. He's he's also like a scavenger. Like he he finds shit for people. And he found a near mint Eureka. Someone was selling two of them on eBay, and he talked the person down to like five fifty. So, oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, I got it from him for like three hundred shipped. So that's so cool. And like big shout outs this week to our friend Lawrence, who's now writing for Channel Fireball. Bro, how wild that, is that? That's so fucking big time. I'm so pumped for him. Like, I, it, oh, it's just so awesome to see people doing good things like that. I'm pumped for us because that means he's going to be back on the cast soon. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think paying that they attention won't let to him. Legacy. Right? There's probably something in his contract oh, no. where he's like, listen, you can only go through like approved Wizards of the Coast contacts now. Um, he's going to be on some like some um, some arena streams doing commentary, but uh, but no, not not us. So I have to take back my Owen rap. Is that what you're saying? Before Channel Fireball sign off? Oh, God. <sighs> All right. I'll do it. I'll disavow. Disavow myself to get Lawrence back. But, dude, I've been playing, by the way, I've been playing this fucking Innistrad cube on Moto. Mm-hmm. Do you know what this is? It's not a cube. It's a fucking, I don't understand the format of it. It's uh, it's like a draft, but it's not actually a draft. You just get like fresh packs, basically. 18, 18 fresh packs, and you take two cards out of each pack, and it's like Innistrad block. So like something that Arena could uh, like eventually do with little um i don't know with like little resistance yeah where it, you're it, basically like drafting versus yourself out of 18 packs it does seem very arena-esque right i but mean it, it, it seems fine it seems fun it's halloween time that's what innistrad is for right yeah i wish it was just straight innistrad draft but i'm actually having fun with the cube i just did two of them waiting to record and uh i'm really enjoying it actually i didn't like those sets eldritch moon and uh whatever the other one's called but they get watered down by the other sets, so. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, there were some, obviously, there were some, like, really good cards in there, but, uh, but yeah, the flavor wasn't really the same as the others. Yeah. It's kind of weird, because I didn't play, 
I, I only played draft basically, and I didn't like M21 draft a whole lot. So I haven't been playing a lot of moto this summer, but oh. the, the past like week and a half, I played a fucking ton of moto. I've had uh, the God account obviously from Eternal Weekend. So I was getting ready for Legacy, then getting ready for Vintage, and now playing this this fucking Shadows Cube. I have been like booked with work and like PT and other things that are going on in my life. And like I'm at the point now where I actually understand how people can get stressed out from life because I have so much stuff to do. And this weekend I have family plans both days. And like I know I'm not going to get a break for like at least um, at least like two weeks. And I know I'm like soft complaining I'm not going to get a break for like two weeks. But I'm just like, man, this is exhausting. Yeah. You know that song, uh, I Want to Die in a War? Uh, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's just like some stupid joke song on YouTube. But I'm, I, not, I, I'm not quite that millennial. Like, I still, I still want to live. I have the will to live. So I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not completely drained as of yet. But I'm like, all right, I can see, I can see how somebody might get there. Yeah. Oh, also, I'm getting fueled today. I woke up this morning. Two, I know we don't want to talk about fantasy football, but my uh, my fantasy football league chat, uh, I woke up to like 97 missed messages mm-hmm. because somebody pushed a trade through at like 11 o'clock at night that was kind of lopsided. And this is my money league and people started screaming collusion. Mm-hmm. So all of us were like kind of kind of like magic friends. We, we played magic for like seven or seven or eight years together. And now everybody's calling them like each other fucking cheaters. And they're like, listen, I know you cheat. I've seen you cheat. I, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past you to do this right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like the level that people will drop themselves to for a, for a hundred dollar buy in league. So are you saying that you're not a part of this trade? Uh, no, I'm definitely not. I uh, I basically laid a hundred dollars on fire just to hang out with my friends. Okay. Uh, they 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 spend a lot more time on fantasy football, so their arguments were like really stat based. And one of the players, one of the one of the participants in the league, was just like, "Listen, I, I just really like this player. I think he's going to get a lot more touches. He's got upside." And uh, everybody was like, well, here are the stats. This is why it's lopsided. He's like, here, here's why I made the deal. They're like, listen, you're Owen whatever right now. You, you can't say anything. Yeah. This, this needs to get stopped with our, with our league. Uh, our Commissioner. Yeah, the league commissioner. And now everybody wants two commissioners. And they're all calling each other cheaters. And it's <laughs> awesome. And everybody's like, I'm not playing in this fucking league next year. Oh, it's great. So then I got called out on Twitter for my LeBron take. Oh, really? I, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I got. I, I got to catch yeah. that. I I'm not going to discuss it on the cast. I can't. But somebody wait. was like, "Listen, I don't. I don't think you should talk basketball. Cedric knows way more than ah. you." <laughs> and, uh, and then they said, "Listen, I I think you're missing so many things on LeBron. He built a school. <laughs> I'm like, lots of people can build a school. He ripped the hearts." Out of every little kid that fucking bought a jersey when he was in Cleveland for the first time to to dump on them on national TV. I don't I don't really care whether or not he built a school, but that's my opinion and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. All right. Well, that's that's uh, valid. So yeah. Also, somebody commented on the EW prediction. I forgot about this, but we we had like an attendance. Yeah, not like did. a not like a formal over under or anything, but I was so wrong. Bro, it was uh, so I think 
I think I came in at like 450 and James mentioned that there were like 500 people in the league. And uh, we were we were pretty close, honestly, because there were 580 on Friday afternoon. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. There was like such a huge turnout. And I guess that's what you get with an awesome format with God Accounts. Yeah, and, and um, 450 on like midnight on Saturday, which is like mostly Asian, European players, you, I, I You know what? Imagine. I really hope – I hope we get a Grand Prix with God Accounts uh, that will have like a day two cut that follows sort of the same format that Wizards did with uh, with EW. I would I would love that. Okay, that well, amazing. okay. that's That was going to be a topic uh, coming up. So let's just go there right now. Okay. I'd Wizards made – let's see – 40 about 42 grand on this tournament right for for the database entries or whatever that let you unlock your god accounts yeah they they prized out a whole bunch of digital stuff along with three paintings let's say they commissioned those paintings for two grand each right okay and shipping and stuff let's throw in another thousand they made about 35 grand on this tournament right they're going to do another one right they have to I mean, I would hope so. Like, it was, it wasn't just about how much money they made. It was like super, um, super well received with their, uh, with their player base and, and all this other stuff. So, well, well, that's the thing. So, like, it definitely invigorated the legacy scene. Like I was saying last week, we felt like we had a reason to talk, and it feels that way this week again. Like, there's, you know, Lawrence is writing, and all these people are playing and you know it's, it's just it's it's more hype in the legacy community right it felt like a real event so yeah. what you know basically they fuck up everything they do right they do everything to exhaustion <laughs> so like how do they not fuck this up now right how, how do they do this properly they they do a grand prix they bring back online grand prix and they do the exact same thing that they did with EW with God accounts leading up to like a week before and people will buy in because they, they want to play the leagues and they want to get a God account and they want to play with cards they don't have. And uh, I think it's a win-win for everybody. So when you say bring back online Grand Prix, was that a thing before? Uh, I think that they tried to have like arena. Magic oh yeah. Fests. The arena ones. Yeah. So they've never had one on, as far as I know, they never have one on Magic Online. But I think if you're going to do Legacy, obviously that has to be the, the client. And, so the um, problem is, I think, that you they don't they can't have open invite cash prize tournaments on, on MTGO per like their rules. I don't know. I mean, you just change the cash prizes into tickets or like some other thing. I know that Grand Prix have like a, like a very large cash structure. But um, I think you can turn all of those into other other things. Right. So what was great about EW is you had the paintings, right? And you can't you can't just do paintings every time. But also there's like no pro tour to invite people to. Or, or maybe there is, but I'm not aware of it existing anymore. So I think there is. Obviously, it's not called the pro tour. It's called like the mythic championship players championship. But isn't that just like uh, 16 people or something? Um. Or maybe not. No, I, I just know that I, they have like they have like regional invite tournaments that count as like the the uh, the regional pro tours that invite you to that big worldwide thing, or like the uh, the the worldwide pro tour of the joining of all of those things. Um, but I I really don't know uh, exactly how it works. I'm I'm I've been out of the loop for a while for sure. 
Yeah, I have no idea. But I, I mean, if there is still a pro tour to invite people to, I guess they could do that, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one way to get around the cash prize problem. But I, know, I mean, only charging twenty five dollars is also part of it because Grand Prix were you getting up to like a hundred bucks. So I know. Bring it back to like twenty twelve pricing. Imagine having a Grand Prix for thirty dollars where you get all your cards. That would just be so sick. Yeah, for sure. So obviously there's a demand. They they have to see that there was a demand. We capped on Sunday with six hundred seventy two players. There probably would have been. Close to 700, I think, because I, I heard, I saw multiple people on Twitter saying that they would have played if, if they could have, right? They, mm-hmm. they got timed out or locked out or whatever. Yeah. Because it was full with at least 20 minutes to go. So you got to figure somewhere over 672 we're, we're going to play. So that's like a that's like a fucking small Grand Prix. Grand Prix's were getting smaller, you know? Yeah, I think if they, if they promoted it as a legacy format Grand Prix... Um, as how um, with the same sort of promotional level that, that Wizards did with Eternal Weekend um, you could you could theoretically have like a thousand person Legacy Grand Prix yeah that'd be sick I, I think I think you could pull a lot a lot of new people in to play the format and that was really like kind of down on everything last week I just didn't think that was going to happen and uh, I just so underestimated how how the access to cards worked um and what differences it made having um having god accounts so i'm completely willing to take the loss on that eternal weekend seemed like it was great yeah it's so weird man the only reason that i was sort of hip to it i guess is because a couple people messaged me who don't play moto and weren't Mm -hmm. gonna play in it so i was like all right it seems like this is something that's really happening you know, the people who – we talked about how it's a different audience, the people who go to EW and the people who go to a Star City, right? And I guess we just got some of the EW players in there and well, hopefully some really of them stick like around. Crossover. Exactly. You saw a bunch of like the SCG players were like, okay, it's Legacy, let's go. And a bunch of the EW players were like, well, I guess I'm not going to EW, but I can do this. Let me uh, let me set up my computer. Let me let me maybe have some friends over, grab some drinks. It um, – yeah, it seemed like, seemed like it was – very well put together and that was something that i didn't expect because i honestly like you guys everybody who's listening now listens we don't give wizards like a like a lot of leeway uh a lot of the time we're we're kind of down on their decision making and (laughs) i'm the first to admit when i'm wrong and when something ends up working out really well so um so this was one of them for sure yeah i know it was like you said they didn't promote the hell out of it or anything i think that they kind of got out of their own way and let it succeed. You know what I mean? So I- I'm hoping that they learn from this, that they they do this again before, you know, next Halloween, that, that we see them do something at least like in the winter or spring, right? Mm-hmm. But also not overdo it, like not not make this like a, a monthly thing. You know, you know, I, I'm not sure how they would kill this, you know, like maybe a crossover with fucking Ninja Turtles or something. I, I don't know. A crossover <laughs> with the... The L.A. Lakers, maybe LeBron James cards, but we uh, there's a lot of ways that they could, you know, wizards this up. So I listen, uh, listen, hypothetical. They do an NBA crossover secret layer. <laughs> LeBron James, they print LeBron James, and he ends up being like a like a house in uh-huh. Legacy. You're like every deck needs four LeBrons. How, How much would James that? pay for the German copies? 
Wait, what? How much would James pay for the German copies of LeBron? Oh, is he into German language cards? I didn't oh, yeah, that. his whole deck, bro. So Friday night, we uh, we had 5 o'clock, 5 p.m., the tournament kicked off, which is just weird, dude. Vintage is not the same times as Legacy, which there already is, is really strange. But Vint- uh, Legacy kicked off at 5 p.m. on Friday. I played in that event. Last minute, decided to enter that event. I took uh, – I really wanted to play Death and Taxes, like we talked about. But I thought I was, you were locked into Rug Delver. Well, I did. I did end up playing Rug Delver. But I'm saying okay. like I, I thought that Death and Taxes would be good and I wanted to play it, but I was too worried about timing out. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to play Rug Delver because I wouldn't time out in theory. And I I decided I, – I liked James's list, but uh, our buddy Tom talked me into playing – an Uro rug delver list. Like one just one Uro in the main and two stifles. Uh Sylvan Library or no? Yeah, Sylvan Library. Okay. And how many? Two? I think I played one. Okay. I'm I'm almost sure I'm almost positive I only played one. But uh and two clothes in the side. But basically the the deck felt felt pretty good. I won a mirror in round one actually. I played against Uro, Rug Delver. And then I dropped to, I, I ended up do- dropping at like 2 3 overall at like, uh, you know, before midnight basically because mm-hmm. my tournament wasn't going too well. I got you. And, yeah, like I I haven't played Legacy in, in quite a while. 2 and 3, 2, two and 3 is not, is not an awful finish. No, it wasn't. It, I mean, I felt fine. You know, like I, I felt like I, the last round and a half, I felt like I was just jamming cards and not really in the zone like i was the first two rounds mm-hmm. so i i felt like i was playing shitty and i was just like all right fuck it let's scrap this and get ready for sunday right yep but i will say that the second place finisher was gold Dukat with an uro rug delver list so it, it wasn't the deck it was it was me you know what i mean like uh, yeah i mean like he's he's really good he is um, really good yeah and so i I was just yeah. happy that I, I picked a deck that I that obviously could have done well, right? Yep. No, I hear you on that. It's it's always nice to like take a look at your deck choice and be like, wow, I was only like a card or two off from the winner. Um but uh but Daniel is an amazing magic player and uh he can do some some special things with those cards. Yeah, for sure. Dude, one of the things that's cool about having all these events online, like uh we saw Anurag do incredibly well. Like he went Dude, he top eighted all three of them, right? Uh, two of them, I believe, but he oh, went okay. he went ten zero, like, like a went, very good record in the other one. He went ten zero through the second one. I don't know what he did in the first one, but I know he went ten zero through the second one and top eight of the third one. So that's uh, that's crazy. That he had like the uh, the mental and physical fortitude to play back to back tournaments sitting at his computer for twelve plus hours, like however long it was. That's um, bro, way longer than that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, twelve plus hours a tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I I know what it's like to sit at my computer for for eighteen <laughs> hours in a day playing a video game because I did it. And it just, you like, got the tore, shoulder to prove it. Tore my body apart. Yeah, I got my got my shoulder. Got an extra twenty pounds. Got my grand marshal weapons. Um, back to magic. So yeah, basically, it's it's cool how you know how there's like um the the players like. It's sort of like the Star City grinders or whatever that you know have a reputation for 
like rules lawyering or you know in like a Burton Cheney case like outright cheating or you know sort of gray area cheating that sort of stuff did I play an extra okay. land well like most um, most of the SCG players that I know actually have pretty good reputations but I understand there are a lot of them where like they're on the the grind to make that their job mm. and imagine if you like you were depending on your $250 top 32 finisher, $500 top 16 finish to pay your rent for the month. Like, you would probably stoop to the level of just doing something like that too. Where, if you were just playing the game detached to to do the best that you could, you would understand that there's like like bigger things involving in the situation. But if you're like, wow, if I get this win, I lock myself for top 16. And then like, it doesn't matter how I do next week. I can pay my rent. I can see how some people can do things like that. If that yeah, makes sense. Or, or like, you know, you, you tested the hell out of this matchup and you wrote an article on it. And then you end up playing playing against this guy who's 3-0 with his silly burn deck. And you mold a four and you're like, I deserve to win this game, you know? Yep. You you feel like uh, you got screwed by the gods of luck, and you spent five hundred dollars on a flight out here and whatever. I, yeah, I, and like if yeah. there's a rules situation that comes up where you're like, this is kind of scummy, but technically you're getting an edge by doing this. Yeah, well, whatever. But the the point that I was trying to make was just that basically the people who perform like flawlessly, like making this jump, like for example, Austin Bursevich, like. Uh, he had a ridiculous elo, and I heard people saying that he was doing shady shit last year. I don't know. I I have no opinion on this or anything. Like I just wasn't heard people, most of last year's play online though. Well, no, I mean whenever before it went online was okay. 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 There were people saying that he did some weird shit and and like paid people to scoop or whatever. But he's his elo has gone up. He's like one match away from the highest elo of all time playing online now right so that's yeah. sort of like uh this this equalizer right so like you see these people like gul ducat or uh what i'm sorry i'm blanking on his name daniel daniel and, uh, yeah there you go and anurag doing like incredibly well online you know what i mean it's like uh a sort of vindication of the fact that a you can still like the variance is still low enough that you can consistently do well in legacy and B, it's not like they're, you know, rules lawyering or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, so that, for sure. that's really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. There's still heroes of the format. There are still people that like um if you look at Anarag and you look at uh you you look at Daniel, they put way more time into the format than anybody else. There obviously there's like a bunch of people that are sort of at the same time commitment level that they're on. But um that's one of the things that everybody loves about Legacy. Like, the more you play, the more your experience matters. And um, the fact that those those sort of mainstays in the Legacy scene did well after we all know how much work they put in, um, it, it just says good things about the format. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, basically... It was, it was pretty cool, you know, seeing a lot of people, a lot of familiar names in the tournament. And I started out all right. I ended up playing against a deck that cast Kaya's Guile. You remember that card? Is that the green enchantment that was kind no. of like uh No. It's no. a command. It's like a white one white black 
for a command. It was from Modern Horizons. It's an instant. It's a make a 1-1 white spirit, gain four life, exile their graveyard. Oh, God. Or, or Maybe I remember else. talking about that, but I I don't know if I would have, I, would have said it was playable. I think that we both... We both thought it was just under the line, but it was interest an interesting card. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, it was a versatile, underpowered, versatile command that was in colors that really don't have a command. So it wasn't Kologon's command, obviously. But I was playing mm-hmm. against a deck I'd never seen it cast before, and I was playing against a deck that cast it. And they, they, I saw a whole bunch of Strixes and Clothis and Kologon's command and Grass Rampage, and I was like, "What the hell is this person doing?" Right. Yep. So I ended up thinking about it. I'm like, I bet you they're playing Niv Mizzet Reborn, right? It's like uh, from War of the Spark. Do you remember that card? Uh, so I I remember Niv Mizzet. I don't remember the Reborn. Wait, is it the um the dragon, the triple blue, triple no, red? No, no. It's um, it's Wooberg to cast, and it's a six six flyer. Okay, it's that one. Yep, yep, yep. And you look at the top 10 cards, you could take like a blue-black, a, a blue-white, any of the guild colors, mm-hmm. something that matches exactly those guild colors. You can take those cards. I got you. So I was, I surmised that they were probably playing this list. Uh, and then in the deck dump, actually, the person had their list published, I just saw. And they were actually playing, it was uh, Brian Marks was playing this list. And I I was kind of fascinated by the idea, so... My plan was to, on Saturday, play the challenge with Death and Taxes to see if I could do it in time to, to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I ended up running a league first with Niv Mizzet, like just, you know, my sort of build of it. And yeah. going for was, was it sort of just like a five color snow with Niv Mizzet? Exactly, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And I went 4 1 through the league and then ended up getting 27th in the challenge with it. So That's really cool. Yeah, so I ended up playing it in the challenge, obviously, and it it was it started out really good. I was like started out three zero, I believe, and uh, the the loss that I took was like the the real bad loss that I took was to uh, the like the blue green that very heavy blue green snow deck with sharks. Yeah, well, yeah. no, 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 just the shark deck. Oh, okay, okay, with like main deck carpet of flowers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically I I ended up audibling to that for Sunday. That's really cool. How did uh how did Sunday go for you? Sunday, I again started out 3-0 and felt like uh you know, I had to pick a spot in my wall for the painting and I was <laughs> uh I was following James's advice and doing 20 push-ups between rounds actually. I was like feeling great. It was beautiful You're gonna go weather. You're back to your doctor's appointment. You're going to be like, "Listen. Yeah. <laughs> what I can do." I had the windows open, bro. It was like music playing. I was just like in the zone. And then I dropped three out of four. Uh, two of the people ended up top 16, actually. So I didn't feel horrible about it, but okay. it was not pretty. I lost a painter. I I timed out one round. Uh, I can't remember what I was playing now. I, play, I played too many matches this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I timed out one round and then I lost a painter. That's really cool. So it um, kind of sucked, but it was a lot of fun to just play like an event that I took seriously for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I um, I really wish I had more time to be able to do it because I started streaming uh, the other game that I'm playing and doing some YouTube stuff. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share the link. Uh, 
but uh, Nax, the last raid of of this game is out in like a month, and they released the uh, the public test drums for it. So I did a, a little streaming project and um, and had a bunch of people watch. But this isn't this isn't the time or place for that. Holy shit! Well, yeah. you heard that for the guys at Canadian Threshold, you can watch Tom stream World of Warcraft on YouTube. Uh, at I'm not, I'm not going to give that. So I, they're, smiley. they're unpublished links, so I can give them to people who are sort of part of the team that I did all the work with. But uh, that's how I, you this become isn't a, something I want my students to see. Or that's I want, how you become uh, a popular streamer, right? Want magic people to see? Yeah, yo, it's your boy. Check it's your out. boy Watts. Give, give your prime prime subs here. Let's flex. No, 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 I'm not about. I'm not about that. But I do right. want to play some magic again, and uh, yeah, I just. It's it's been so hard to find time, and it uh, it sucks for sure. But yeah. now the death and taxes is like uh, what what everybody would just sort of say is tier one. I would love to sit down and just jam some games with that. Uh, I just I don't I probably won't have time until Christmas. Yeah, Skyclave is so interesting, man, because it's so bad and limited. Like we were talking about the the reasons that we initially were inclined to not like it because if you're if you're talking about as a magic card, like in in Zendikar Limited. Mm-hmm. It you still take it because it's worth twenty bucks or whatever, but it's it's really not very good. You're just setting up a two for one for them, you know. So basically, it, I mean, it's not really a two for one. Like you're you're probably just trading neutral or or slightly slightly down on their creature to get yourself a two two. Right. So when you have it, you're trying to hit something that's like a, like a lord, right? Something that's yeah. like a three mana. 3-3 three, three that pumps your team or you know something along those lines where you're getting a serious benefit out of the creature mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of that in limited especially not, not stuff that scales but in legacy there really is like the difference between a 3-3 three, three token and a and a oko you know what i mean and that's oh, what i was missing yeah, about the card sure. when i evaluated it is just the delta between the vanilla token and the permanent that we're talking about because mm-hmm. obviously yeah, I, it's I legacy that. and i i definitely underestimated that for sure um but obviously everybody sees this power now yeah definitely and it's it's so good it's so good in vile too oh that's what i timed out against vile bro it was insane it was like a top deck war that lasted probably 40 turns with all the gilded drakes and everything else, every time I was about to go for the kill, they they had like a gilded drake, and that's... did uh, did they get a palace jailer going, or was it just straight? Oh, palace jailer was going the entire game. Oh god, I kept yeah. up with it, but eventually folded. Yep. So yeah, that's that's what it was, or eventually timed out, I should say. But yeah, basically, the vintage. I, I've been like testing vintage this week. Bro, I, I just I like where Legacy's at right now, honestly. I, I've enjoyed the, the legacy games I played a lot more. I uh my um my niece is sleeping over with my son tomorrow. And I was actually checking out the uh the vintage entry times uh-huh. because I just wanted to I, I just wanted to pop on and play a little bit. Um but I don't know if it's gonna work out. What Obviously like I, I haven't played a ton of vintage. I don't think I've played a vintage each on a weekend for like three two or three years but uh but i had the itch to play a little bit of magic what deck would you play if you were to join oh probably shops 
shops. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I might try a league with shops after this call, actually. I just I think that obviously like there are some people who play shops who are like, no, you are so completely wrong about what I'm about to say. But I feel like for somebody who's probably not as experienced with the format, being able to choose your your hands you're gonna mulligan to and um just sort of play your play your super powerful artifacts early seems like a good plan for somebody without a ton of experience. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think uh so two things. First of all, I've been just like having this idea in my head of like a guy's cradle shops. Like, you know, how you're always talking about guy's cradle affinity. Yeah. Like I've I been, never made it work, but like I always want to. Yeah. I've been like thinking about like a guy's cradle really low to the ground version of shops. Like while I'm playing these vintage games, just like in yeah. my head, just wondering about it. Like a, a way to really be like the null rod effects by just like having creatures that just swing and, and don't have so many activated abilities. But I don't know. Maybe I'll have time to try that. But also, I I played our our boy James, who was on with us last week, and it was an awesome episode. Thank you for coming on. He gave me his bug list that he's going to be playing and Cyborg Guide. So I ran a couple leagues with that. I'm like 5-5. I don't think I'm making very good mulligan decisions, honestly. I think that I need to be mulliganing more. But I, I have like a very legacy mindset where... I'll open up a hand with like three lands and maybe a spell that I might not cast. And like, it would be worth keeping as a seven because I would keep it as a six, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, okay, it has one extra bad card, but I think because it's not a brainstorm format that I have to stop thinking that way. Because if you flood out in vintage, you're stuck with those cards for the most part, like in a bug deck, you don't have like a DAC to get rid of those cards. You don't have a Ren to to use the extra lands you know what i mean oh yeah yeah completely so like i i think i need to stop thinking about it in, in like these legacy terms and start mulliganing more i yeah i think uh the mulligan the mulligan aspect of vintage is is really important and obviously there's a ton of interplay with uh with how all the cards work together but like you said like their cantrips are restricted you can't you can't do the same things you do in legacy uh even though you have way more tutor effects and and sort of redundant copies of cards, um, the format is a lot more differentiated and exciting um, because of that, if, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's definitely more exciting, but it, I don't know. I feel like the variance is still a little lower in Legacy, and that could be my bias speaking. You know, obviously some Vintage Masters are going to do well in the Vintage Tournaments this weekend, so there are people who can mitigate that but i'm not doing a very good job of it right now so uh we want to talk results from this tournament this weekend yeah let's do it all right so friday night the the kickoff tournament we expected to see rug and snow actually the top four was literally the top four from the document we made last week which was uh rug snow death and taxes and hogak which were all the decks we had at 10 percent or better mm-hmm and that was the top four, followed by Snow, Snow, Death and Taxes, Eldrazi. And then 9 through 15 were all Snow and Rug decks. So it was just like Chalk City, you know, people playing Death and Taxes and Hogak to beat Rug Delver, Rug Delver, and the Snow decks were basically 1 through 15. And Green PM 33 won with uh, Snowco. And like we said, uh, Daniel Goshel was second with the Rug Delver with uh, two Sylvan Libraries, Uro, and No Stifles. Yeah, I mean, like, that 
that was kind of what we predicted. That's where sort of the weekend started. Um, I guess before people started to like adapt in the Saturday and the Sunday tournament, like mm-hmm. there, there are definitely some, some differences between those. And I, I'm not sure how much that had to do with like the time that the Friday tournament started and whether or not people could make it or, um, or the times of the Saturday and the Sunday tournament with like the areas they were drawing players from. Um, right. But they, they definitely sort of have a, had a, a different breakdown. Yeah, this was by far the chalkiest tournament. Very much like a, a starting point for what we expected to see in the meta. And that that's just what it was, you know? It, it very much was that. And the the number of snow decks is sort of like troublesome, I thought. Like, uh, even that I played against. I probably played against... Over all the rounds I played between the challenge and, and the two tournaments that I played, I would say probably 20% snow decks at least. Mm-hmm. And Astrolabe, uh, Joe Dyer in his This Week in Legacy did like a, a write-up where he charted through the three tournaments. The number of like watch cards that were in them, like Oko, Uro, Astrolabe, Veil of Summer, for example. Yeah. And Astrolabe was the one that really was sort of redlining. So something to keep keep uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, well, Lawrence Lawrence in his article on Channel Fireball um, had had called out that card specifically as well. Yeah, like you did a really good job just sort of breaking down the format and uh, and called out that card. So it's uh, it's not surprising. Yeah, and then uh, also shout out to from our Discord Luinel. He I believe top thirty two or. Uh, yeah, top 32, the Friday event, I believe, with death and taxes. And it, it really seems like everybody's sort of just agreed upon that XJ cloud list that's like uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth and three Skyclave apparitions, mm-hmm. which is funny because this is like a talk we had a while back about like whether they're even were stock lists anymore, right? Well, they definitely, they definitely are, apparently. Yeah, they definitely are right now. I mean, everybody seems to be gelling on this death and taxes list where like i know after cyborg they're gonna have feast and famine you know what i mean yeah like i i know pretty much all the cards that are gonna be in their deck so it's kind of cool that that's the thing again because for a while it was like who the hell knew what they were gonna play mm-hmm. uh saturday tournament was won by death and taxes so this was sort of like the the coming out for death and taxes second place was baku with a pile with stifle that like sort of control-ish rug deck that we've been talking about followed by rug delver and then uh basuda who's been putting up the results with blood moon was also in the top four with the blood moon with four shatter skull smashing or whatever the card's called yep the one that i said that like i didn't really see it uh seeing a ton of play but you specifically called it for the shell yeah and basuda seems like the only one playing i mean the only one putting up results at least with this deck and uh they've incorporated this card for sure so that's uh it's starting to look like a thing at this point, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the top eight from the late night, Friday night, Saturday morning tournament was two snow decks, a Hogak deck, and a rug deck. Uh, on a rock, like we talked about, going 10 The snow decks, there's really a lot of divergence, like very subtle divergence that makes it kind of hard to play against because you're not sure, like, are they playing Shark Typhoon, for example? Um do they have Carpet of Flowers or Back to Basics in the main deck? There's a lot of little ways you can get got 
And it's sort of like um, creating a problem in my mind because you have to play around all of it because you're not sure what your opponent has. Yeah. And that's that's the trouble with like a five-color mid-range deck like that, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you're, you're not closing out games quickly. Um, your, your opponent has way more opportunities to interact. And your play around their cards with your much more varied interaction matters a lot more like mm-hmm. you're spreading out your uh your commands and your removal spells with different colors and different card types and if you make the wrong decision with what spell to use it can sort of like cascade where if you had made a, a different first decision then all of your other spells line up really well yeah and uh it's it's it definitely tests your experience with the format yeah for sure so, yeah, that's really the problem is they can put, you know, like 56 or whatever slots in the deck are locked because the cards are just that high power, like Coatles and Okos and Arrows, that sort of thing, Astrolabe, Mana Base. But there are, you know, like Veil of Summer, Back to Basics, these cards that they could or could not be playing, like it, it, they're sort of optional and you have to play around all of them just because if you can get wrecked by them, you're not sure what your opponent's playing. So. Mm-hmm. Sunday tournament was won by Elves, and I also saw Reduke was in... Actually, I can't remember now if it was Sunday or Friday night, but Reduke was in playing Elves and did pretty well, too. I think 8-2. But Ed Azura was playing Elves and won, followed by Oops, which is the only appearance of Oops in the top eight. Hogak, Death and Taxes, Rug, Cloudpost, Snowdeck, and Esper Vile. So the Sunday top eight was the prettiest. By, you by think that, like... People got burnt out with just playing like Rugdelver, Rugdelver. Like, okay, it's Sunday. Uh, I've already played in two of them. I wanna, I wanna do something a little different. Yeah. Well, it's um, funny too because you see Rug do well, and then Death and Taxes do well, and then Elves do well. So it's sort of like this leapfrog game going on. Yeah. Were the deck lists available between, um, between entries for the tournaments? Like only on Discord. The I think. Friday top eight only on Discord. Well, I guess like information is so freely available now, right? That I could absolutely see people going like, "Oh, okay, all right, that's what happened Friday. This is what I'm going to do Sunday or uh, Saturday, and then oh, this is what happened on Saturday. This is what I'm going to do on Sunday." And I can see how that could sort of cascade. Yeah, so. between Discord and people streaming and everything, people had some idea of what was doing well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I actually played against Elves twice: once in a league and once in the tournament. Bro, my my match against Elves, I felt so bad for the the player. Round one, I kept a hand that was like um, two lands, Astrolabe, Oko, Coatl, two Plows. I, I looked at the two Plows and I was like, man, I really hope this is a creature deck, you know? Yep. So I kept a two Plow hand and there were Elves. And I ended up drawing in my first 10 cards. So so the, the first three turns, I drew my other two plows. That's delicious. So I cast all four plows in the first four turns of the game against elves. Uh, it was it was absurd. But they had three Allosaurus Shepherds, so I really needed the plows. And wow. I have to say, I missed so hard on that card. I underestimated the hell out of that card, Allosaurus Shepherd. Because like the, the ability to just not get spells countered yep it's just so insane like it's a must plow because before it was like the symbiote was the must plow like you needed to start with the symbiote Mm -hmm. and then work your way through from there so like my my job when i was playing against them was always 
don't let them stick and protect. They can't really protect, but you know, stick a symbiote and, and get the advantage out of it. You right, deal with they the just chain all of this stuff together. Yeah, I get it. then you can deal with the ranger. Then you can worry about the rest of the stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, the the Allosaurus Shepherd is like the new symbiote where you have to deal with that first now because otherwise you're getting natural ordered. Yeah, so, you, just, you don't have your emergency your emergency button. Yeah, it really. I mean, I, I still won the matchups I played, but it felt a lot, a lot tougher than Elves usually feels for me playing like a mid range blue deck. Yeah. So I will be the first to say that card is a lot better than I thought it was. And obviously, I mean, it's like a hundred dollar card now or whatever. So obviously, yeah, I think I think we had this. admitted that. Where actually, yeah. I was. I thought I remember. I was like, you were hotter on it than me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember ever like bad nothing that card. Yeah, I thought it was like a one of like a green sun target, but it, it's definitely better than that. So yeah, Allosaurus Shepherd is the the main thing I wanted to point out. So basically, like I was saying, it feels like Legacy sort of has a purpose now, and but now we're going back to nothing, right? Yeah. And it sucks to to be making that point with like you know all the the sort of positivity right now mm-hmm. but just like for for a sake for the sake of like this discussion like you know what what do you imagine has to happen to to sort of keep this going uh wizards announces another big online grand prix uh magic online god accounts some special video events with uh, in-house production that they're going to do, that they're going to hype this event with. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, really what's going to happen is going to sort of fade out. Uh, hopefully we get a COVID vaccine, and then uh, Jeremy Aronson's tournaments are going to fire. People are going to get excited about Legacy again. You'll get to travel for your first Magic event in a year and a half, and you'll be like, oh, th- this is what I remember this is this is what I miss, bro. What's going on with those Jeremy tournaments? I forgot about that. Uh, I think so. I'm still registered for for both of them. They're basically just floating the rescheduling until COVID clears. Uh, so okay. um, at least that's the impression that I'm under. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. I, I only mean, signed up for one of them. I, I felt weird about signing up for a second one when I hadn't played in the first one. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of happy about that right now. Yeah, whenever those tournaments happen, I just wasn't... I haven't really been thinking about it. I didn't know if people got refunds and I missed out or something. I uh, I didn't, so... All right. I think uh, I think our buddy Perschbacher is keeping like a, his finger on the pulse, so I'm going to ask him. Good, good. So, yeah, bro, what else? We got the... Uh, we got that charity drive coming up that we're doing with our, our buddies Pat and Reddit over at Leaving Legacy. I can't wait for that. This this holiday season is going to be great. Hopefully we um we we all get to go hang out and uh, everything doesn't spike as hard as we as I'm worried that it's going to and uh, and we can actually spend some time together. Yeah, bro. Uh, we're not coming home I don't think for Thanksgiving now. My uh, my sister's not my brother's not. It's going to be, it might be like, it might be my parents and us and that's it. Um, my sister works at a hospital in Columbus. My brother's a lawyer in Do you Canada, cook? Kentucky. Do you cook for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I do all the cooking. Yeah. Nice. Wake up at 5.30 in the morning, take out the brine turkey, get that going, go do all the sides. Um, I love it. I love it. 
Yeah. Cool, man. So yeah, it's going to be kind of weird. Like I had planned on, you know, that would be my return voyage number one, but Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be Christmas now. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to make it back for Christmas either. Um, Massachusetts is in rough shape. Really? Yeah. Um, Highest COVID numbers, period. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe at least since May. Why is that the colleges are the colleges back in session or Yeah, the colleges are back in session, but um they rush they rush schools back. Um people sort of started to let down their guard and it's getting colder. Everybody's spending a lot more time indoors. It's um yeah, it's uh it's different. Yeah. I have no idea how Ohio is or isn't doing, but I don't I don't have cable, so it's like where do I where am I supposed to get news from, you know? I watch, and maybe I shouldn't, but I watch the Channel 5 News every night. My uh, my kid gets done with his shows or whatever he watches after school to sort of relax, and uh, we watch the news. So, bro, yeah, you gotta watch the updates every day. You gotta watch the boys. The is that the stupid uh, asshole superhero show? It's not stupid or asshole, but yes, it is. I guess it's a superhero show, right? They're, they have superpowers. Okay, so I've never seen any episode of it. I just I've seen the memes where it seems like they're uh, they're superheroes who might not fit their traditional archetype of being a hero. Does that does that follow along with it? Uh, I mean, they're they're people. I don't know. They're they're flawed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like they're they're not they're not the traditional. This is what you would define a superhero to be. Yeah, they're not like uh, you know the soul par excellence or whatever the Captain America, okay, sort of version of a superhero. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of it's supposed to be kind of a gritty thing, I guess. Okay, like they they have very uh, human desires, very human uh, motivations, right? All right, but it's maybe, uh, maybe I'll check it out. I um, it's really my wife good. is is telling me that I, I definitely need to watch. Um, uh, Lovecraft County. Yeah, Lovecraft, what the fuck? Lovecraft what is Country. that? What is that? Uh, it's a it's an HBO show, um, and that's all I know about it. But I've I've heard really good things. Except Lawrence Lawrence said that the character development and the uh, the ending of the first season left a lot to be desired. So maybe maybe I don't want to watch it. But my wife said it was good. Yeah, is it like a historical thing though? Is it like a taking like place a, like in a like period the, piece because like lovecraft when you say lovecraft you're usually thinking like turn of the century right yeah i think it's um i think it's like set 40 uh 40 50 years ago um i could be i could be wrong about the timeline but uh but yeah so like a madman Mad Men uh, yeah lovecraft. more like civil rights era i think okay and i could be wrong about that but um i, I guess that's 70 sort of wow 60 60 70 years ago that's no, it's it's like the nineteen. 19- oh shit, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, sixty right? years ago. That's fucking. That's craziness. Yeah, fuck. All right, bro. I think uh, I think that's everything on the notes. Is there anything else that you got? No, I uh, I'm I'm happy we got the talk. I know our recording schedule has been like it's been thrown off so much because I'm doing I'm doing tutoring. My job is way more stressful this year. Everything is going on with like I I just have so much stuff going on that I'm glad that I have this to to center me every week. Yeah, bro, and, I'm telling you, if you need help, just let me know. No, I mean it's it's fine. I'm just I'm just so busy and uh, I like doing it. It's relaxing. 
Yeah. But um, but I really I'm happy that I have the opportunity to come talk to you every week and that people still listen. It's, yeah, uh, some people. Some you know what? Some people. Some people are the MVPs. Some people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, bro. So yeah, it's a good time. No problems with the schedule or whatever. Hopefully, uh, we get back on our, a sort of normal routine and keeps you know eating, leaving Legacy's lunch by releasing before them, right? Yeah, because now we've been like we've been late. And, we've been uh, like their model. Yeah, we've been like yeah. the. Uh, it's you know what it happens. Where like remember the old episodes of of LAL where they were like talking it, it would be released on monday and it was like recorded the week before so they'd be talking about the upcoming weekend but it was like after already the weekend. Done. oh yeah absolutely we had our first episode like that like and, where yeah, eternal it weekend happened, and we were like wrong on a whole bunch of things <laughs> that had already happened and it feels so bad it yeah. felt so bad editing that episode and being like oh i was so wrong here i feel like you need to put a little disclaimer in it like hey don't listen to me <laughs> All right, bro. If people want to find you on Twitter to talk about LeBron James, how can they do that? Uh, you can find me at TSmileyMTG. Uh, I know LeBron James is probably a very good person. He was obviously a very good basketball player. I still reserve my right to not like him. So there we go. All right. What about you? At Ian1825 on Twitter, deadformatcast at gmail.com if you want to email the cast and have us uh, read it or whatever. We, uh, we we definitely will get to it within the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Uh, guest recommendations, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Dead Format Cast on Twitter. And that's a wrap.